individuals who come with that one thing that holds us together, which is Jesus. And so what we do uh, from time to time, we have the opportunity where kinda, I kind of invite people to say, this is my story, and this is where Jesus fits into what he's done. And so it allows us to understand that God is always working in all our lives. And so the people that say yes always get nervous, you know, because uh, they might never have publicly spoke before, and then so they, they spend the week sweating away. So be put on your best face. Can you do that? So don't your concentrating face is a good one, but it, from here it looks a little bit like you're stern. So just practice your smile. You know, and googling, you know, yes, that's a great point, isn't it? Some of you might want to go, mm, I like that, isn't it? You know, if you're really religious, you can use the word like amen and hallelujah. But, you know, great is a good word, isn't it? That's right. Leslie, you're right. I'm just stretching this out. Uh, and um, this is Leslie, by the way, who does an amazing involuntary, not just for our children, but in many areas of the church. And uh, we thought it'd be great to just find out what goes on inside Leslie's life uh, and her story. Is that okay? Let's give her a big round of applause. Come on, Leslie. This is very scary. Um, yeah, I help on children's team and speaking in front of them on a Sunday, leading them, not a problem, but standing up here is something quite different. And I've actually asked Rosie. Rosie's sitting at the front row to smile and nod at me and like, this is the best thing she's ever heard. <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> um, but confidence, even speaking with the kids downstairs, confidence hasn't always been something that has come easy and it's something that I have struggled with for quite a long time. Um, and there have been times when I might have wanted to put myself forward for something um, and do something, but the fear, absolute fear, just kept me from doing that. It was like a wall in front of me, a barrier that I just couldn't break through, that I just couldn't, and even if I wanted to, because I thought, oh, that'd be really cool to do that, but really always told myself that someone can do it better. There's no point in me doing it. Someone can do it better. But it was an area in my life that God started working in, um, and it, was, it didn't come as a breakthrough. It didn't come suddenly one morning I woke up and, oh, I, I can do this. I can lead people. I can do things that I never did before. It was actually something that God was working slowly in my life, um, bit by bit, gently, patiently, and so graciously. Um, and he revealed things to me that really helped me. And one of those things was when I realized that all those times when I didn't believe in myself and I didn't have faith in what I could do, God did. God believed in me and he had faith in me because he equipped me with skills and gifts that I, I, even me, I could bring glory to God. Like that was, I could, like, who am I? What can I do? And gently he, it was encouraging me and nudging me in the right direction that I realized I needed to step out of this bubble that I'd created, which all felt really safe um, I realized if I wanted to go further with my relationship with Jesus that I needed to start pushing myself out of my comfort zone and doing things really I just didn't want to do. But God was so patient and been so great along the way. Um, and any time that I felt that fear just rising up again, it's just such a simple verse from Psalm, Psalm um, 56, verse 3. That, um, <laughs> all right, Rosie. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, verse 3 um, but I am afraid I put my trust in you and it's just so simple and any time that fear starts coming and it doesn't mean that that fear is going to go away it just means I'm not going to let it be that barrier anymore I'm not going to let it hold me back and it also doesn't mean that 
what situation I put myself in, it's going to work out and it's going to be great, because it might not. And even me standing here might not make sense to anybody, but it's okay because God can still use it. He uses everything, and even bad stuff, he can still use in a way that only he can. And so when I look back now and see how far I've come, he has brought me so far, and just by little steps, just gently pushing me along the way and helping me grow and I'm so determined to not let fear hold me back anymore, even though the fear is there and my heart is just going right now. Um, this morning, actually, in the car on the way in, a conversation came up that always comes up with, especially Josh, my Josh. He is car mad, loves cars, obsessed with cars, can't wait to learn to drive, even though he's only 12. But he's a little bit worried, I think, about learning to drive in my car because it's just a little car, and I think it does, like, naught to... 60 in five minutes or something, you know, it's, <laughs> um, his favourite car he was telling me this morning is a Corniseg, what is it, it's a supercar, Corniseg something, no, anyway, it's, it's like two and a half million pounds to buy, it's a supercar, not going to happen, not going to, not going to be a gift, <laughs> But it's, it, it's a supercar, and it's so fast and so powerful that if I had a car like that, it would just be wasted on me because I would be too scared to use it to its full potential. And as we were talking about this this morning, I was just thinking about the gifts God's given me that for so long that they were wasted, and I hadn't used it. And actually, when I start using these gifts and exploring them and growing them, and actually, it is scary because there's a lot of power behind that because they come from God. But I think what scares me more is to think in years to come, looking back and thinking, what a waste. I just didn't do anything. I didn't use them. And that scares me so much more. So I'm so determined to not let fear be that barrier anymore and not help me because I just got to remember, God is bigger than all my fears. He's bigger than anything that I face. Whether it's fear of confidence or any situation that I'm in, it could be anything that I'm facing. God is so much bigger. It's fantastic. It was a great conversation when I asked Leslie to do it. She, she quoted something she tells the children. Uh, never say no to something <laughs> when you, when, if it's outside of your comfort zone. And uh, she knew her children would say back to her, you know, Mom, you know, you need to do this. That was great. I mean, no notes, nothing, just straight off the bat. You know, that, that's really strong, powerful. Uh, and we all have that, by the way. Just in case you think you're the only person who thinks that way, we all have this something telling us to sit down, shut up, be quiet, don't do that. Uh, and I, and whether that's yourself or whether you want to say, well, that's the enemy of our souls, you know, whichever way you place it, God's the opposite voice. Because I've always found, when, particularly when I talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is, is like, come on, Aaron, you can do this. You know, and that is actually true. We see that in you. Uh, what joy that is as well. So we thought we'd give Abraham the chance to tell his story as well. He's new in here and you're going, who is Abraham? Let's find out what's your story. Give him a round of applause. Come on, Abraham. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, leaders. And thank you, all church, for, especially for having me here this year. And for, first, my apologies if, if I speak English rubbish. <laughs> I'm confident in speaking, but I'm, I'm not confident in my English, so sorry. <laughs> so, um, I just want to say, ah, I want to start here. I was born in a Christian family. Oh, no, I can say I was born in a pastor family. My dad is a pastor. And I, actually, he was working in a, 
working in the high court uh, in the law section then got called so he recognized his calling and he came to pastor and so i was born in a, Christ, a pastor family so as a pastor kid i was raised in a like very strict position and <laughs> always in faith so at the age of, at the age of when i was about to start walking so i can't walk because uh, i was handicapped so i can't walk my knee cap was turned tilted like this and my is it foot or feet i don't know one so <laughs> it it was like this so i can't make a step so when i make a step i keep fall off so always my mom or dad they used to carry me they never leave me down so when people say oh why can't he make work but no people don't know that apart from my family they always keep on themselves well, so, but my mom they took to the medication to doctor but doctors say we don't know we can't they give on some tablets but my mom's they tried sometimes and they left it and my mom stopped all the medication and every day night when I, when I, after i sleep after uh, when i go to bed she put blankets on my food and she always she kneel down before me and she pray she cried 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 and she was praying but it's not like two days or not like someone it goes like six to eight months oh, no any medication but every day she keeps on praying one day when i got up oh, morning my feet were like straight it's no medication anything it's everything like because of jesus like how we sang in the worship what a powerful name it is so in jesus name this this power in the blood of jesus so this was the first uh, god's miracle so i have experienced in my life so some people ask me when i go to in schools or any 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 when doing ministry do you really do you really believe is god does exist or god do miracles god do changes any changes i say yes because i have experienced it so i said i have no doubt in it because i have experienced more god in my life so i can truly say that there's a god alive and is jesus so he can do whatever if you ask in his name you will be provided everything and then so i just went to oh went to study my uni so i was always brought up in a faith but when i went to uni i got so much of new friends and i got i got diverted from like very faithful thing but I, but i was at the age of i think in 2010 i was appointed as i was stepped in stepped into ministry called like youth pastor and then i started doing youth ministry and leading youth like youth groups everything and sunday in, like uh, was part of sunday school things and everything but in my personal life i got devi- deviated from god but on sunday on running youth groups like i was like oh i do every stuff and in the worship band i do every stuff but in my personal life there is like not like strong relationship b- between me and god but when i after finishing do you know almost doing the uni my brain like i was start thinking because some of uh, my friends they start working in movie industry they were musicians they start earning money so i thought like oh why can't we go and start earning make money because of music so i was trying hard to do to enter into movie field 
uh, I did engineering in electronics communication and I did sound engineering and I did diploma in theology and I did music production. So I was like keep on adding my degrees to enter into movie field so I can make more money. But one day my dad got my mind and he said, no, no, don't go after money. But I said, oh, my, no, dad, I will get money and I will give you, you can do more things in church. But he said, your money, nothing, it, God is not like uh, waiting for your money. It doesn't make any uses. It's everything waste. But uh, I said, okay, okay. But when preachers come to a church or any prophet, they come and say, Abraham, God calls you for his ministry. He wants you to do his ministry. But in my, I, I nod my head, but in my heart, I say, oh, this is not the age I want to, no, not at this age, I, I don't want to do. But keep on going on, I think in 2012, uh, one day I got like, I got severe fever and I went to hospital and they took x-ray and doctor said, your lungs, right side lungs got affected. There's nothing more and you're living only in the left side lungs. So everything's got like uh, fully damaged. So they started treatment and day by day, my condition is getting worse. In seven days, they put 40 injection in my veins, both arms. And after that, like I was in the hospital almost like one month and, but there's, there was no any development or no anything in my, in my lungs, so I, uh, but I didn't pray, but because everyone said, I'm a pastor kid, so all church believers were praying there, and many pastors come and pray through the window, like, well, I, I didn't pray even a single day, but day by day, I, I was getting worse, 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 uh, but they didn't tell me, but uh, the medic my body stops accepting all the medication, and you know, I don't know how to tell, the piercing hole, the injection hole. So from everywhere, blood starts piercing out. So I couldn't tolerate the pain. I was screaming and I was dying in pain. One day, doctors, and they went, they checked me and said, there's only three percentage left more. So they gave me five days time. So that's it. We, we gave all the medication, but there's no anything. So... On, but uh, my mom and dad, they left me alone and they went to church and they hold their hand together and they was praying. And my, mom's, my mom and dad said together, God, it's not good to say, but we, can't, we couldn't see how he's suffering. If you want, could you please take him? But if you give him back, we will, we will, like, we will give, you, give him to your ministry. Then, but at the same time, I don't know, they were praying in church, but at the same time, something asked, something made me to pray. So I was, I asked God, Lord, is that you, you are allowing me to do this, through this situation? I didn't get any reply. And because at the, at the time, I couldn't talk, I couldn't eat. For, for two days, I didn't eat, I, could, I was on the bed, I couldn't talk. I can see, I can feel it, I can hear it, but I I can't reply anyone. Uh, only tears comes out of my eyes. That's it. My, but my mom and dad didn't show their feelings to me. They, they always go away when they get hurt. Like, but they were keep praying. On the day, I asked God. I was thinking in my mind, God, why did you allow this to me? Like, uh, if you allowed me, could you please bring out? But you know, I got a verse. I got a God's word. Like, 
it's from Matthew chapter 25, verse 13. It's like, I don't know who are you. The, you know, the verse, about 10 virgins. I don't know who are you, and the doors were shut. So that's the exact word I hear. I was like, oh, God, like, uh, I was doing... I was doing ministry. I was doing these things. Why did did he say no? And the things came in, came upon my mind. I was like, do you rem at the age of nine? You know, at the age of ten, I was kicked out from the music school. That I don't have talents and I don't think so. I I got kicked out from the music school. And I can say, Holy Spirit was my teacher. I started learning music in the church on the church band on Sunday worship. So at the time, God put everything. I gave you talent. Uh, I gave you everything. I gave you gifts. I want you to use these things for me, not for, your, not for your fame or not for your money. But you didn't learn from anywhere, but I gave everything to you. So I want you to use this and I want you for my ministry. So I said, I'm sorry, Lord, that's it. And I slept. And in the next morning, I got woke up and I told my mom, I'm hungry. My mom was like, because I didn't speak for two days. She was like, then, and she ran to doctors and they, they came and they start medication. My body starts ac accepting medication. And after two to three days, they sent me for another checkup. Doctors, the doctors couldn't believe. I have reports, two reports still there in my home. I have two reports. For one month after treatment, both my lungs got damaged, like, no any improvement but after the prayer just two days they sent me to the another report like checkup i got the uh, scan report my uh, doctors were amazed my lungs was like like how the newborn child is like new perfect like pure lungs so my so my everyone was happy and i said and then i said i don't want to play against god here after so i stepped into ministry and now I'm the like, I'm the assistant pastor in our church. So I'm doing uh, by God's grace. I'm doing some ministry now. I'm here. I'm not doing a gap year here. So I want to train myself more, and I want to serve, and I want to learn more different things from different cultures and everything. So that's why I'm here and keep praying for me. I I just want to finish it. If you have doubt or anything, or what God should do, just ask him and pray our faith. God will do everything that's possible. Thank you. It's good, isn't it? You know, when people kind of, when doctors tell you one thing, you know, and you've got this one half along going on and, you know, and I knew that story thing, but on, on this week I was in the gym and there is uh, Abraham in the gym, in the big boy section, you know, with two full healthy lungs, you know, showing them how to do it, uh, which is really great. God does interject in our life as well. Last but not least, it's wonderful Georgia. Come on, Georgia. Um, I do have a tendency to speak fast, and mum, give me one of those mothering looks if I do, because <laughs> uh, I don't take a breath sometimes. Um, <laughs> sacred. Um, so I was kind of thinking all week, like, what does this is my story mean? And um, I really felt God saying, like, don't take up notes. Like, if it's not ingrained in your heart what I've done for you, then what have I done? And um, which is really cool, because all three of us didn't realize, and all three of us hadn't had notes, so that's really cool. 
Um, and I'm just going to set the scene by talking from a verse from Psalm 2, um, which I was reading last week, and I really felt God saying this is something that he really wants to speak over the church. Um, and it says, I'm just going to read one verse 1 to 4. It says, Why do the nations conspire and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they say, and throw off their fetters. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. Um, and like the whole point like, of my story is like the one in heaven laughs. So it's not a malicious laugh and it's not anything um, that God's kind of laughing at us on earth, but it's more the fact that he's so confident where he is on his throne. And um, that's kind of resonates throughout my life. So I was born in a Christian home. Um, I have two older brothers and a sister. Um, and we're just, you know, normal family life. Uh, when I was 11, I had my first encounter with God. I had, it's really gross, but I had 48 warts on my hands over both of them. Um, and I was really embarrassed about them. And one night I was at DCYC and um, they said, does anyone want prayer for healing? And um, I was too scared to go up. So my sister, being my sister, was like, okay, let's just pray here. Um, so we prayed, nothing happened. I just felt really peaceful. Um, I went to bed that night, I woke up the next morning and not a single wart was left. Um, so I got to encounter like the healing of God. Um, and then when I was 12, my life got turned upside down. So my dad, uh, we found out he'd have, he had been having an affair and he left. Um, so for a 12-year-old girl who's just coming into her prime, who doesn't have a father around to kind of tell me my worth, I got kind of lost along the way. I kind of slept walked through the rest of my life. Like I'd go to um, Soul Survivor and I'd kind of get pumped up for a week and then I'd come home and I wouldn't pray, I wouldn't read my Bible. It's just, that was kind of my life. When I got to 18, I ended up going to uni um, and I started finding my worth in men, in partying and alcohol and I kind of got distracted with those things. And it got to a point where I was so dark. I just felt so lost inside and I just cried out to God and I was like, what is this life? Like, I don't want this anymore. And, um, and then I decided I was going to go to YWAM. So um, last January, oh, this January, sorry, it feels like so long ago. Um, I went to January, I went to January, I went to YWAM. And um, actually three weeks before I went, I had an accident and um, we thought we, I'd torn my ACL, but actually I'd dislocated my knee and I was on crutches and I couldn't walk. So um, I was still was like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And I felt God say, go, just go. So I did 50 hour travel to Hawaii on crutches. Um, it was crazy. Everyone out there was like, what are you doing out here? This is crazy. And I was just like, God told me. So um, I went, I was healed within two weeks. I was walking and um, that's just, you know, I took Climb Table Mountain when I was on my outreach in South Africa. So I did some crazy things there. Um, but when I was in YWAM, I started, it wasn't easy. Life was kind of hard there in a sense because God kept bringing up stuff and I was like, I don't want to deal with that. Um, and actually it got to a point about six weeks in that it became Georgia on mute. I didn't pray. I didn't read my Bible, and I was like, I'm not sharing in my group, and I just kind of sat there, and um, everyone was being vulnerable, everyone was sharing, and I was like, mm -mm, I'm not talking, and um, I really struggled because I realized I had a lot of stuff I hadn't dealt with, and uh, I kind of went away, my outreach leader was like, Georgia, you need to talk, like, what is going on, and I was like, no, I don't, I'm fine, everything's fine, and uh, she was like, no, you need to, you need to sort this out. So I went away and I prayed and I kind of was like, okay, what is up? And I realized that um, throughout the years after my dad left, like I'd forgiven him for leaving, but I hadn't forgiven him for all the other 
crap that had come in my life, all the other things that had happened that I kind of didn't realise I put on him. I put expectations on him that he failed because I never told him about them. And um, I just kept like, uh, it was just always things coming up and I was like, oh man, I really need to deal with this. So um, my outreach leader prayed with me and we sat um, together and she was like, okay, I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal where God was in those moments in your life. And um, I remember we were just sitting down in the cafeteria and she was like, okay, where was God the moment that your dad left? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I can't hear God's voice. How am I meant to know that? And she's like, you can. Let's pray. So we were sat across from each other and we just prayed and asked the Holy Spirit to come. And I just remember going back, seeing myself in my mum's friend's house and um, my mum was next door with Aaron. And I could just hear her crying and I thought, I don't want to see this, God. And I was sat with Rachel and my sister in the kitchen and um, I just heard God say, stop looking at what you can see, but look around the room. And I thought, okay. And I just remember looking to the side and I just saw Jesus standing in the room with me and he was weeping. And he was saying over me, this is not your fault. This was never my intention for you, but I'm going to redeem this. And um, so there's other moments in my life as well where things were pretty dark and I just saw Jesus in the room with me and he was going like this and he was shouting over me, you are worth more than rubies. You are worth more than rubies. And um, there's just those moments in my life when I realized that Jesus never left me. And um, actually, I really felt when I heard a preach, um, someone said, like, you were never meant to envy what the world desires. Like, I was never meant to envy the life that others had. I was never meant to want any of that. But God has so much more for me. And actually, that verse, when it says, the one enthroned in heaven laughs, just reminds me that God is with me in every situation. And actually, my tainted view of the Father became clear, and I realized that God had never left me. He was there in every moment of that darkness. And... Um, he just laughs because he's confident that he's never going to fall off his throne. He's always going to be there with us. And um, I just really felt that God was just saying that there's people in this room today who need confidence that he's good, that he's never going to leave. Like there was moments in my life when stuff was just rubbish. And I just thought, like, who, what kind of father does that? What kind of God does that? Let's these things happen to me. But actually, he's redeeming them. Like I had a massive fear of man and I would never talk like this would never have happened and um, I just really feel calling on my life for women like if I hadn't said yes to giving going through forgiveness like I rang my dad that next day and I um, had, it was the hardest conversation in one sense but the Holy Spirit was just there with me and I didn't cry I just told him everything that I felt everything that I'd put on him and I just said I forgive you and in that moment something was just released inside of me and um, it was just incredible because I was just able to talk to him and tell him and I prayed over him and I was just like, God, just give me a heart for him. Just give me that heart for the people. And um, I just really have a, feel I have a calling on my life for women, for women's ministry. There's a lot of stuff that happened in my life and I feel God's really redeeming that and he's telling me he wants me to awaken hearts of women. And that's something that I really feel um, I'm called into. And um, yeah, just he's just, today I feel like he just wants to, come and meet you guys, like in your season of the storm that you're in, like he is with you and he's never gonna fall off his throne.